name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. As of today, as I record this, I have been vaccinated one round. First, the first round. It's the only time I've ever been chosen for a first round of anything. Um, in high in junior high, just for the record, I want to get this on the record. I was um, not first string basketball, not second string, third string. I was third string on my basketball team. Third string in eighth grade. Is it something I'm proud of? I don't, I don't have a, I'm not, I really have an opinion. I was four foot 11, maybe. Um, and the starting five, by the way, eighth grade, over six feet, all five over six feet in eighth grade. Okay. High protein. Uh, anyway, so I've been vaccinated uh, first round, which is good. I feel good about that fact. Uh, feel a little bit, I've got, you know, my in-laws live on my property. They're elderly. And so it's a protective measure I'm happy about. There's another guy uh, who I work with who got vaccinated. And I asked him, I said, how'd that go? Did you get vaccinated this morning? First round. He goes, yeah. I said, uh, did it hurt? And by the way, this was like the least, I had to look over to see if I had gotten the shot. It was, I almost didn't feel it. Okay. Now, is that because of the cold therapy and my breathing techniques? I don't, I don't know. Correlation? I, it's not. It was just, she was just really good at it. Um, anyways, and so I asked him, I said, hey, did, did you feel anything? And he goes, no, the shot didn't hurt. But then he said, but they make you wait after you get the vaccine for about 15 minutes, unless you have like heart issues, in which case you have to wait a little longer. But anyways, 15 minutes for me to see if you have, have any reactions. That's reasonable. So I said to him, any issues? And he goes, yeah, well, my after I got it, like right away, my arm started to feel like super, like it was burning and like my skin on the outside started to feel really awful. And I go, you told, did you tell him that? And he goes, no, I didn't tell him. I'm not a sissy. Mm. I'll let that sink in for a minute. Um, it makes me scared for the future. It makes me scared for the future. I'm not a sissy. I don't want to tell the person that I'm having a reaction to a vaccine because it makes me a sissy. Wow. Okay. The human race evolving every day. The other beautiful thing that the county of Mendocino did, I just have to sell it because it's kind of funny, but they put the notice out and said people in lodging can get the vaccine. All I'm in law. I work at a resort. So I was like, good, put myself on the list, got my thing. Two days later, they posted on Facebook and on the county website that they had intended, unfortunately, not to say lodging. They meant to say logging. Uh, but then the cat was out of the bag. So now that everyone from lodging has got their first round or most people, then they have to kind of honor the second round. But I just love that mistake, too. That's OK. It's they're trying. They're trying. But this is bringing out the uh, the old anti-vaxxer uh, nuttiness, which is pissing me off. I got to be honest. Got to be honest. Either if you got the, if you got science on your side, just let me see it because you don't. So if you don't, then ask QAnon what he thinks about it. Okay. Ask QAnon what he thinks. Get his opinion. There's a New York Times article. Uh, and this is, there's a little heaviness at the end of this episode, by the way. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. Just, just, just a little spoiler alert, foreshadowing. 
But first, there's a New York Times article, um, Exercise Versus Diet, What Children of the Amazon Can Teach Us About Weight Gain. There's a book that the guy wrote. I have the book now. I'm reading it. He's not 100% right on stuff in the beginning, by the way. I haven't gotten his like theory of energy burning and all those kinds of things. I'm very interested in that metabolism, et cetera. But he's missed some, some fundamental truths and facts about nutrition and about digestion, which is weird. Um, and like, like missed. Um, it's kind of weird. But anyways, I, I will just foray really quick into this miss this idea for two things. One that, that, that anybody who's selling you speed up your metabolism, first of all, it's a bunch of crap. Your metabolism is based on your weight essentially. So the, the heavier you are, the faster your metabolism. And that's why usually when people who are really heavy try to lose weight, they lose a significant amount in the beginning and then it kind of mellows out after that. Okay. So that's number one, two, a fast metabolism is not advantageous. And this is what he is already documenting in the book, but what I've known for a long time, which is it's not advantageous to burn everything faster. I know that that's the thing that you get sold because you fast metabolism means I can eat whatever I want and I'll lose weight. And that's ideal, but it's not ideal health wise. And it's definitely not ideal longevity wise. Okay. But what he, what this article was about and the premise basically is what this is from the headline, what we, and I read the article, so whatever, but what we eat may be more important than how much we move when it comes to fighting obesity. So in other words, food way more of a factor in in weight management than movement. Now, of course, we don't want to hear that. We want to go to the gym for three hours and beat the crap out of ourselves because we don't want to touch what we eat because that's so, that's so you know, identity and protective kinds of stuff. And so that's the struggle and why I have a job, by the way, because there's a lot tied in up with food and nostalgia and ritual. We don't want to give that up. I get it, but it depends on what we really want. If we really do want to give it up deep down, I don't want to get into that too much. But what we eat may be more important than how much we move when it comes to fighting obesity. Okay. Now, I looked up the study on this about what we eat being more of a factor than movement. And it, I found it, and it's in the journal of stuff Sid's been saying for years, but the only response he's gotten so far is only from his mom who says, well, that's nice, dear. Association. That's the journal. Mm. We can beat around the bush. And we can beat around the bush our whole lives, 64 years of beating around the bush until we finally go, okay, fine, fuck, I'll change my diet. Good Lord. I tried everything else and nice flashy things for years. Didn't work. And now I give up and I'm finally going to do it for, right for the first time and feel better than I've ever felt. The little, just a little payoff of making that change. A little payoff is that you feel better than you've ever felt before. I don't care what age. Dig? Good. Thank you to everybody who's Patreoning me. Listen, if you missed the Patreon uh, promotion, tough shit, it's done, okay? You didn't get coffee. People who did got the home-roasted coffee from me, Ethiopian Organic, are loving it so far, and they could be blowing smoke on my ass. I understand that. They're not going to tell me, listen, Sid, that coffee sucked. But I'm so freaking insecure that I'll just believe whatever they tell me. If you say I'm great, by God, I'm great. Uh, so anyway, but thank you for the people who Patreon me in general, and I hope you guys are enjoying the coffee who got them. Smalltipintensive.com is where my private coaching thing, I'm kind of full now, but you can check it out. Six Truths, my book, available for pre-order. Listen, I have a little bit of an announcement. Small Steppers, the online program is back up. Go to smallsteppers.com. You can see my six-part, free six-part uh, video series and get kind of going on that and see if the online thing's a good fit for you, okay? 
And lastly, and I know this is like 20 seconds of announcement, you can survive. I, I took on my first three um, oxygen breathing, oxygen breathing, breathing coaching clients. I'm very excited. And, and, the, and I'm really digging it, by the way. The uh, oxygen, the uh, oxygen, the breathing coaching thing is a really good fit. Like it, it I, my instinct was correct in this regard because I, I thought this is going to be kind of a nice addition to my coaching portfolio. I got nutrition, my small stepping, my running. And I was like, the breathing, because I'd done so much research in breathing already. And I've, you know, I've done the Wim Hof thing for every day for three and a half years or, or more now. Um, and so I thought, well, what if I just do this kind of thing? Will it fit? And it's like, it's like the other coaching were like, come on in, breathing coaching. Breathing coaching was like the guy who shows up with a keg. Like there was music playing and there was people and food, but something was missing. And then there's just come in, breathing, breathing coaching. And he's like, listen, I got a keg. It's uh, I got a keg. I'm like, come on in. You just made the whole party like perfect. That's the breathing coaching. So I'm working with my small steps and uh, intensive clients on breathing. They're open to it. I asked them first, you guys want to do some breathing? They said, yeah. So it's just perfect because it's in the stress management. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. You want to change habits? You want to build in healthy habits? Lower your overall stress. Breathing, functionally breathing plays a huge role in that as does eating well and moving your body in ways that aren't, aren't stressful, right? It's, uh, you know, it's repairing things. What? Yeah, I forced that, that segue just now. To repair is to renew. Mm. My, rep, my repairing is this Ethiopian organic coffee that I'm drinking right now. I want to talk about reparations today, and this is a weird thing. Look, just bear with me and just calm down about it, okay? Reparations, as in... The discussion in this country that's not happening that should be happening, which is are are reparations a, reparations a good move to to take care of the damage from slavery, essentially, and apparently there's a bill that's been launched every year by Conyers, one of the representatives in the U.S. government, to to not to to do reparations but to have a study about them to see the effect of them and there's anyways so so i'm not going to get super deep into the idea of the slavery particular reparations however this is i'm reading a book by uh ta coates who if you haven't found out about him or read his stuff i really recommend it he's an excellent writer but like straight up excellent writer like he's he's very he's just he knows how to organize in a way that is and explain in a way that is super cool and his language is just top notch he's he's a great writer you can tell he's been doing it for years so i'm reading a book i'm almost finished with called between the world and me by him and my wife actually recommended that book to me so that's how i knew and she said oh there's a real and i can't remember why reparations came up in some other context but she said oh he's got a great article called the case for reparations and so i bought that book which is a series of his essays and it was something that i this was originally published in the atlantic so i read that too to get a sense it's one of these great um analogies to the work I do. And I know that this is going to sound crazy, but just bear with me because I'm, I'm going to, in general, I'm going to back out of it, the particulars of slavery-based reparations into the philosophy in general. And so this is where I'm going with this. But on the surface reparations, there's I, I was open to the idea. It's not like I'm against or for it, but there was a certain thing of like, well, that was like a, you know, a long time ago kind of thing, right? Well, you so you're now you're talking about paying reparations in theory, like monetarily paying for people that have been long gone. Um, and so on the surface, it seems like well, that's kind of too late, right? Because because it's way way back when, right? The hesitation 
of the, is it too late, you know, since people who suffered are long gone. But here's what, in thinking about this further, and especially in reading his piece on 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 reparations, they're not long gone. And, that, and this is the reality of, of generational, familial, modern society reality is that, is that things are passed on. And this is where it gets interesting for me as a, as in what I do is that many clients I've worked with and, and are working with, by the way, right now are, are trying in a sense to break a cycle that didn't originate with them. In other words, like eating habits and healthy living habits are passed from parent to child if unchecked that it's a cycle that continues there and and in the slavery world their legacy is alive in the generations that have come since and by the way racism in the united states did not end with slavery it's not like on a on a very concrete level it stopped and it was just about generation and in in what was happening in families it was it continued very blatantly and is in many regards you know rental properties home home loans things that were just not even up to or argument i mean documented people going yeah this is what we should do like predatory kinds of things that made it very hard for african americans to assimilate and and have the same rights as other people in this country and so but again, I'm not getting deep into the particulars in that regard. What I am talking about is things like expectations. In other words, you can see statistically parents who've gone to college, there's a better chance of those children of those parents going to college. When there is an expectation on the other side of that, then that passes down as well. When you expect to not be able to succeed, when you expect to not be able to 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 get what you want to work for and to that your hard work is going to pay off, that is also translated generationally. And that's why to me on the case of reparations, it's like, it's as knowing what I know about it. And again, I'm sure there's volumes of other things to read, but philosophically, that's where I am coming in on it. Just as an idea, I think it's absolutely necessary and, 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 and essential because to me, I'm all for a fair playing field. I, I I'm all for, now again, is it is it has it been a long time? Yes, but is it too late? Absolutely not. Because to me, just the act of saying I we acknowledge the fuck up, we acknowledge that America has not been great. Um, it has great has had great moments, but how flawed our founding fathers were because they were talking about freedom and liberty and owning slaves at the same time. Um, and so acknowledging that is a is a very powerful act, and then actually making. A, a, an act that is more than just words, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you kind of bullshit. It's like, well, okay, let's do something about it. Whatever that is, I think that goes a very long way into breaking the cycle, into creating a fair playing field. It's why affirmative action is such a bummer that it has to be what it is because, and it does, because you've got public schools in this country publicly funded that are very in quality, like dramatically. You've got public so-called public schools that are falling apart and then you have ones that are super nice even the playing field make it fair so that people can have the opportunity to succeed then you may not need those kinds of things but until that time you do and that's for me where i when i was reading about reparations i started to think about the work that i do working with people who are trying to break a cycle that they learn from their parents and their parents learn from their parents and how the responsibility for us as parents and anybody with that we influence to to 
break that cycle within us and understanding that what we do in our lives has long lasting effects down the line in how people that we're are influencing how they live their lives and and then the, in in turn who they influence as well reparations you know, on the reparations side give people a leg up and and again they 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 do est- establish a more fair playing field and it's not only good for them but the children growing up in those households that get to experience a different kind of expectation a different kind of reality and how it doesn't make it 100% right but it does create a possibility for future success and again i'm going to come back now back to me as a coach when i'm working with people i am pretty much 100% focused on their success but there's definitely some discussion of as i'm working with parents of like look there's an added bonus here that if you break the cycle two things understand that it's not just about you that that you are breaking a cycle that has been years in the making of uh, because it was generational and so give yourself a little bit of a break and a little bit of a understanding that it takes a while to break a cycle like that it takes a while because it's it's wrapped up in very strong foundations and so to just expect to go on a diet and break the cycle of potentially multi-generations of unhealthy behaviors is unrealistic and it's an expectation that will fail but to expect change i think is for sure but to be clear about what's at stake and that the change needs to take time for it to be significant is is reasonable and rational and the second thing is to understand that while it is about you it is the added bonus that the people if you have children for instance that it will create a different expectation for them they will see two things they will see you making an effort to break the cycle and they will think i guess that's possible otherwise why would that person why would my parent be trying to even break the cycle and two that it's totally worth doing because they get to see you incorporate healthy behaviors and they learn those particular behaviors and like i said not only do they learn the particular behaviors from you because they model off you but they also know that it's worth trying to break unhealthy cycles it's all positive in other words but make no mistake, and this is where, again, to, for, for the reparations to, to right a, a, a wrong that is, you can't even say how wrong, <laughs> you know, the most wrong, to make an effort to right that. And in our lives, in terms of the work I do in the healthy behavior kind of world, the small steps, you know, nutrition, even breathing and running and whatever else, to break that cycle is a is a massive but totally worthwhile undertaking. But what it means is to break a cycle where one generation has an experience and they pass on to the next one and it, it goes unchecked. So to break a cycle means first becoming aware of the cycle. And then there must be a stepping in, a, a conscious and meaningful and intentional interruption in that cycle. An effective solution to breaking a cycle can never be simply to just wait it out. Seeing the 
time we spent all tucked away Holding a glimpse of falsehood quiet The streets will always be busy when I can hear Out some speck of something that will hold me Looking through a glazer, covered on switching from me to you, from simple to full, and around the back way. Simply be bad. So I'm trying to sketch what I'm seeing, but it turns out great. Cause I spent last night looking through a glazer, covered on switching from me to you, from simple to full, and around the bad way. I spent last night looking through a glazer Covered on switching from me to you From simple to full and around the bad way Cause I spent last night looking through a glazer Covered on switching from me to you From simple to full 